And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Ultimately, I'm going to keep saying it. Get 1% better every day. Just get a little bit better every day. Hey, welcome back. Stephen Holder here with Zach Kiefer. We're back for another episode of 1% Better. And it's uh, an episode, I guess, where we have a lot to cover. Um, strangely, because the Colts really haven't done a whole lot right now, but yet there is still a lot to talk about. It's kind of a weird deal. So let's walk you through this. Um, first off, they made a trade for a quarterback. I don't know if you know that. but Oh, yeah, uh, that did happen this week. Yeah, so apparently, like a month ago or something, the Colts made a trade for a quarterback. His name is Carson Wentz. There was a whole thing in Philadelphia. I don't know if you heard about that. But <laughs> in all seriousness, we got to talk to Carson Wentz for the first time. Uh, this week because the trade became official. And so that was a long time coming. We have been sort of pontificating about this, you know, for a month plus trying to figure out where this is going, where his head is at, where, uh, what his feelings were. And so we had some opportunity to dive into some of that yesterday on Thursday with Carson Wentz. Uh, He talked for about 30 minutes to both Indianapolis and Philly media. That's a whole thing. Yes. The Philly media were not (laughs) shut out. So, just to be clear, and Zach, let me tell you my big takeaway first off. Um, Well, actually, we can let you hear it, because I think he did a really good job, I think, of not getting too far into the weeds about what happened in Philly, and I came out of this thinking, this is exactly what he wanted to do. He didn't want to relive that. I don't think there's any benefit to him to do that, and I understand the Philly media wants to know what the hell happened. I get that. I think the questions are fair. But I don't think it, it it serves Carson Wentz in any way to go into the details about how bad it got and, and why he, he wanted out. I, I just think I think you nailed it when you wrote today. None of that matters right now. He has a chance to rewrite no. his career, and it starts today, and that starts with moving forward with the Colts. It, who cares what he did in Philly? Right now, it's about what he does in Indy. But I get that the Philly writers wanted to know what the heck happened. Oh, I, I, I even want to know. But anyway, let's just set this up. I think this was the closest he came to giving, you know, sort of intimate details about what happened. And it wasn't very close, but here's what he said. You know the narrative in Philly is, well, he doesn't want to compete with Jalen Hurts. The team is trying to rebuild and he wants out. Uh, what is the, the situation there? Why did you want out so badly? Yeah, I mean – for, for starters, like I said, there's a lot of conversations that happen at the end of the year that uh, with my agent, with, with everybody that, you know, I'm not going to delve into the dive into the specifics on that. Um, as far as being a competitor, I've never once questioned my um, competitiveness, um, you know, but at the end of the day, this was outside of my control. And, you know, I, I am appreciative of everything that, that happened in Philly of, you know, all of the opportunities. And, um, you know, I know I, where I'm at today, for five years, I gave everything I had, both on and off the field. And, and like I said earlier, when I lay my head on that pillow at night, I know I gave everything I had. It didn't go the way that we all desired and wanted it to go, but 
uh, I can sleep well at night knowing I, I poured my heart and soul into everything I had in that city on and off the field, and we're excited for, the, for a new start and for a new opportunity. But are you saying you didn't want to be traded? Hang on, let's say it one more time. I'm sorry. Are you saying you didn't want to be traded? I'm not saying one way or another. There you have it. <laughs> okay. I'm not saying one way or the other. <laughs> and so I think there's no question that Carson came into this thing with his mind completely made up. He was going to say what he was going to say. Right. And he was not going to go any further. And I think you were exactly right. There is zero benefit to that for him. Zero benefit. And I think uh, I think one thing that jumped out to me was this guy's really excited to be here. And I'm not, you know, I don't. I'm not getting checks from the Colts. I'm not Colts PR, but I genuinely feel like this guy is pumped to get behind, to move all that behind him. Yeah, like you could see it in the way he talked about Frank Reich when they asked him, you know, how much was, you know, we know you wanted to get back with Frank Reich, but how much of a selling point was that? First and foremost, he said that's the that was the biggest thing was the chance to work with Frank Reich again. He mentioned the offensive line. He mentioned the offensive skill position players. He's already thrown with a couple of them, and Desmond Patton and Michael Pittman. We know Jonathan Taylor. Oh, by the way, Marlon Mack is back. Um, there's a lot to like. And and he did say another thing that jumped out to me. He said he's reached out to just about every teammate and not a single one said anything negative about the organization. Now, that doesn't mean that the Colts are perfect because we all know that they've won one playoff game in four years and, and that needs to be fixed. But this is a good place for players. I'm, I'm actually like, I really believe that. And you hear what guys say about it and you hear what DeForest Buckner says about coming here from San Francisco and how he didn't want to change teams and how in the end he knows it was the best thing for him because he, he found a new team and he didn't know how, how great it would be in Indy. Um, that kind of stuff matters. And it sounded like it was really bad in Philly at the end. And I saw yesterday in Carson Wentz, a guy that's just unbelievably refreshed to, to start the next chapter of his NFL career. You know, I think you said something important there because look, I have no idea what Carson Wentz did, how he reacted to people, you know, whether he was arrogant or not accountable. I, I have no idea. Okay. And and again, as I said earlier, I don't know that it matters that much right now. However, even if all of the things they said about him are true, okay, nobody in Indiana nobody in Indianapolis, no one in the Colts locker room cares. And that, that's the first thing. The second thing is he has an opportunity to turn the page and he understands that. And then the third thing is it, even if he was completely guilty of all the things that they said, there is no question, despite all that, whatever his role was in it, that was a terrible situation. <laughs> <Okay>. Yes. <laughs> Complete, awful situation. And if you read the Philadelphia Inquirer's report last week that Jeff McClain wrote, mm-hmm. Damn, it, it it had some shades of stuff that's going to be a little familiar to Colts fans in terms of the di- the dynamic with the GM and the owner and how there's just been a little bit of a disconnect there. Uh, it sounds like a mess. It sounds like a mess in Philly. You don't hear that about the Colts because it's not the situation in Indianapolis. It's just not. I can tell you that for a fact. Right. So now, you know, you're Carson Wentz, and here you are. You're, you're basically, you are the punching bag in the middle of a shitstorm. Okay, inside of a dumpster fire. <laughs> okay, and you're the quarterback. You are the face of that failure. All right, and you got a town like Philadelphia. People talk about. I, I said this maybe on one of our recent podcasts, but people talk about the Philadelphia media. It's not the media. It's just Philadelphia. Okay, they're hardcore. Okay, and look, they're in my mentions right now. I, I 
I'm seeing these people in my Twitter mentions, and I'm all for it. Like, I love the passion. Oh, man, they are intense. But, oh, my God. <laughs> I didn't know. Okay? Like, we've had our go-rounds with Patriots fans. Oh, let me tell you. Okay? <laughs> these people are something else. Okay? And I love it. Okay? I get it. But I wouldn't want to be a player in that town. I can tell you that. At so least not here's on a bad my, team. I don't want to interrupt, but, like, I heard this the other day, and it's a good point. Like, okay, so Philly's tough on their players, right? If you can't play there, you know, you're soft. What does that get you? So you ran Carson Wentz out of town, who's <laughs> right. a really talented, great quarterback. It, like, potentially. Like, okay, so you're tough, but now what do you – like, I get that, the like, the characterization makes you feel good, but, like, where does that get you? He helped you <laughs> exactly. win a Super Bowl. Like, I don't get it. I don't get why, like, that's something to brag about. That's so true. It's very true when you really put it that way. It's like, all right, did you win? And if so, what did you win? You know, I, I don't get that. I think you're absolutely right. Um, and then the, here's the, the reality is, like, they're not totally out of the quarterback market in this draft either because they don't know if Jalen Hurts is really the guy. They and they're hope paying, he's the guy. And they're paying a $33 million <laughs> dead cap charge. For the guy so, who's going to start for the Colts, so congratulations. I mean, I got nothing against Jalen Hurts, but I, I, yeah, they can't definitively say he's the guy. Like, there's just no way. Not on the sample size they have right now. He threw for like 80 yards in Week 17. I'm just saying. Okay, <laughs> that that happened. Okay, and I like Jalen Hurts, and I, I actually think he's a, he seems like a delightful guy. I hope he, hope he makes it. I hope he becomes the guy. But do we know that? <laughs> Do they know that? No, they do not. They absolutely do not because they can't. So they have like five games to evaluate. So clearly they need to know more. So anyway, let's keep this about the Colts. Uh, I really think, you know, from a from a reporter's perspective, putting my reporter hat on, yeah, I want to know what happened. You know, tell me more. I want I want more detail. If I'm a fan, if I put a fan hat on and I'm just a – a ticket holder and a you know a guy with a Colts hat on. I don't care, as you said. I don't care. I want to know what's going to happen here. How's it going to work? And I wish we would have gotten more opportunity to ask him more about playing for the Colts and the football aspects. We did not get that opportunity, unfortunately, because you know we did have to include some Philly media, and that sort of got us bogged down in the Philly conversation, which is okay. But you know what. You know, Whatever. I don't know about you, but I'm tired of these Zoom conferences. And, and be, bear <laughs> yeah. with us out there. Like, we're going to get back to real-life press conferences this season. I really believe that. We we might even get back in the locker room, and we will get better stuff than we had gotten in the past year. Like, we have been stuck on Zoom where we have to pass it around, and everybody gets one question, and it's just not conducive for us to do our jobs. And I know this is probably inside stuff that you guys don't care about, yeah. but – it really matters for us when we're trying to get information, when we can have a locker room and when we can interview people in person. So um, I think we're getting closer to that. And it sounds like it's a possibility down the line if everybody can get vaccinated. So stay with us. But um, it's a huge part of our job. And, and our job is to serve the audience and serve the readers. And we will have better info when we start to get those interviews again. Yeah, the, the NFL did green light in-person interviews this week. Now, that doesn't mean it's going to happen tomorrow, but... They have signed off on that being something that can be permitted this year. So the how and the why and the when and all that we have to figure out still. But we're hopeful. So uh, we will see. But anyhow, 
yeah, I think that does really the reason it matters. The reason we're telling you that is because it does determine how much information you get and what information you get. We have a better opportunity to control what questions are asked and uh, we, we aren't as limited as we currently are. So anyway, um, just to give you some context on that. But to, to put a ball in this Carson Wentz press conference, uh, I, I think the other thing, and this is the other thing I said in my column, I think what he didn't say. I think was a recognition that he understands what this opportunity is for him. And the fact that, as you said, he's already been out in California working with teammates. He's been calling guys, built, trying to build relationships. I mean, that's a very different Carson Wentz than we were told about. Right. You know what I'm saying? And I think, I think that is his way of saying, all right, I got to do this differently. Okay, I got to set a different tone here in Indy. I think he gets it, you know? Like, Carson Wentz might be a lot of things, but he's not an idiot. Yeah, and like Philly, you know, this is the mention I get all the time from Philly fans. It's like, well, he he didn't say a damn thing when it went south in Philly. And he kept quiet, and, and we didn't hear from him. And he's a coward. And, okay, that's fine. But he wasn't leaking stuff to the media. He wasn't making social media posts that were, uh, you know, vague and mysterious right. and shots at teammates and coaches. He just shut up. He shut up. And he, he was working as a scout team quarterback by the end of the season. And he said that was weird for him yesterday, but he still wanted to, you know, give the defense the best look he could. There's no real, like, step stone process that you're supposed to, fo- you know, follow when you're the franchise quarterback and you get benched in week 17. Or weeks, uh, sorry, week 13 or December 6th, whenever it was. Right. Um, and I'm not here to defend him, but I'm saying, I'm thinking if I'm in this situation and I'm him, I'm probably just going to keep my mouth shut and see what happens. I don't think there's any benefit to leaking stuff, to taking shots at anybody, Doug Peterson, Howie Roseman, whatever. That's just not the right look. And if he's thinking ahead, if he's thinking about the next step, he's thinking about the most important thing, and I keep saying this because I saw it last year with Rivers, you've got to earn the respect of your teammates. That's what matters the most, not the media, not the fans. You've got to earn the respect of your teammates and your coaches. Rivers did that, and he did a remarkable job of doing it in a pandemic season without off-season workouts. That's what Wentz is focused on right now. He's out there throwing with those guys. He's reaching out, calling and FaceTiming these guys. That's what matters. That's why football is this great sport, because it takes every single guy to be on the same page. And that's why these guys gravitated to Luck when he was here, and we've talked about this. Like, Luck didn't care if you were the backup left guard or T.Y. Hilton, like he didn't care about the money or all that stuff. And I think that's a huge quality that the great quarterbacks have is sort of that democratic nature of football, right? Everybody matters. Um, and we'll see if Wentz can do that. But look, I mean, you've written about the talent. I mean, you see that even last year, as crappy as he played, and there were some awful moments, the dude can play. Uh, he's got an arm. And, and I know they're trying to You know, they want T.Y. Hilton back because they believe the deep ball could come back with Carson Wentz. So not to bridge it into a free agent conversation, but at the forefront of the Colts' mind right now is how do we help Carson Wentz? They did a little bit this week by bringing back a really good running back in Marlon Mack. They did, and and then they signed – uh, this morning, uh, they signed a pass rusher most of you have probably never heard of, right? So so there's that. That's uh, Isaac Rochelle. What's that? Colts are going to cult. The Colts are going to cult. But you know he's a he's a former Notre Dame guy. So so some of you out there will hold your you know hang your hat on that. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone. 
Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Customers are rushing to your store. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it a... Real POS. You need Shopify for retail. Shopify POS is your command center for your retail store. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify has everything you need to sell in person. With Shopify, you get a powerhouse selling partner that effortlessly unites your in-person and online sales into the one source of truth. Track every sale across your business in one place and know exactly what's in stock. Connect with customers in line and online. Shopify helps you drive store traffic with plug-and-play tools built for marketing campaigns from TikTok to Instagram and beyond. Get hardware that fits your business. Take payments by smartphone, transform your tablet into a point-of-sale system, or use Shopify's POS Go mobile device for a battle-tested solution. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. Do retail right with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash theathletic, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash theathletic to take your retail business to the next level today. Shopify.com slash theathletic. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Let's talk about this, okay? The Colts have been by far one of the quietest teams <laughs> to, through the start of free agency here, the first several days. And, I mean, am I surprised by that? No. But at the same time, they generally have made a couple of mid-level signings by now, even with Chris Ballard and his philosophy, which is very well established. So it's probably light even for the Colts. <laughs> okay. So I get it. All right. I, I totally get it. I And to be honest, I don't have a huge problem except for one place, and it's pass rush. Yeah, I'm with you. They have a problem there. There's no question they have a problem there. But I, t- I want to be clear about one thing. This is not about money. In, in the pure sense, okay? Jim Mercer, who you're about to hear from, 
Jamar Chase <laughs> will give his last dime for this team. I'm not saying that in, in, in a PR sense. I'm telling you because I know the man and I know how passionate he is. And I really think that he would do whatever it takes if he thought it would win him a Super Bowl. Because just listen, just listen to it the, matters to, that to the much. clip. I mean, right. he, so let's right. Let let's just let you hear it for yourself. This is not about spending in its purest sense. Well, no question. I I, I mean, I'm always ready to jump in there um, to win football games, no matter what it takes. Uh, you can bet on that. Um, but. I think the great thing that that Chris does is he walks away from deals. And sometimes your best deals are the ones you don't make. Um, And he has that sort of discipline. Um, He'll go to a certain point, but we'll talk and I'll really, we'll talk in great detail on where we're at. And um, more oftentimes than not, I might be saying, hey, maybe we, put a, a sweetener in there or something. He says, no, I, let's stay where we are. Um, um, that, that's, that's what, that's what this deal should be. And I really give him a lot of credit because believe me for general managers, it's very, very hard to find a guy like that. Who's really disciplined when you're right at that 11th hour and, and trying to pull off a big trade and you want to do it and your head coach wants you to do it. And your owner wants you to even do it, but you say, no, let, let, let's stay Pat. We'll be okay. Um, and, and I think that's, um, uh, part of what makes him a great general manager. So I think you got a really good window there into how Chris Ballard thinks. And, and he doesn't just operate this way in terms of money. He also operates this way in terms of personnel, in terms of scouting, Whatever the case might be, he has very, very clear parameters, whether it's a price on a particular player's contract, whether it's a particular draft prospect at a certain position. He needs to fit within these metrics and meet this particular standard. He's very, very specific about his about his standards on things. And the reason for that is because he believes in process and process really, I mean, Frank Reich talks about this all the time and it sounds like coach speak and it is coach speak, but it's not, it's also true. Uh, process is important because if you believe in your process and you believe in what you're doing, then you got to stick to it. Now you, the fan <laughs> are sitting at home, like screw, pro- screw right. process. Right? I want to sign it. Right. Right. Some money. And, and I, I am not mad at you. I get it. But um, let me ask you this. Are they are they being a little bullheaded here? Yeah, I've wondered the same thing a couple of times this week. Right? Isn't that a fair um, question? Yes. Um, but the, let's lay this out. All we can do on this end is explain the team's thinking. You out there can decide if you agree or disagree. I get that. It's totally fine. Our our opinion. Um, look, I mean, we we've been writing this for weeks. You and I both have been saying, look, they're going to be quiet because. Of a couple reasons. One, it's their style. Two, Darius Leonard's getting paid soon. Could be soon. It could be like in the next couple months. Braden Smith is getting paid. Naheem Hines, that's a possibility as well, I was told. So, and then you got Quentin, and you're going to pay him. I mean, I don't even want to know what his contract's going to be. It's going to be enormous for a guard. Those are going to happen, and those, those contracts are at the forefront of their mind right now. As they look ahead to, because the Colts are not thinking about, 
like a, a one-year guy. Like they're thinking about if they sign a guy for three years, an outside free agent, what's that guy going to do next year on the salary cap when they have Darius Leonard at the price they have him at? Does that make sense? To, it's like they're right. thinking about the future and they want to say their own guys. And, and Jim Irsay said this yesterday. He said one of the most important things for him is to sign guys to that second contract. It's the most expensive one. That's how they kept that group together. Reggie, Peyton, Marvin, Ryan Dean, Tarek Glenn, like all those guys, right? They all got big second contracts. Now, they were in contract hell by the time it was over in 2012, but that's exactly the situation they're trying to avoid. And you noticed over the last couple of weeks, they didn't have to cut anybody. They didn't have to trade anybody to make room because they have a bunch of room because they manage the salary cap. And your story the other day really nailed this. This is why they do what they do. They want to pay as they go as opposed to backloading a lot of things. And Ursa hit on this yesterday. He doesn't want to be in a situation where they have a huge dead cap charge and it really hampers what you're able to do in the future. So they're thinking about Braden Smith and Darius Leonard and possibly Naheem Hines and and obviously Quentin Nelson's not going anywhere. That's a factor this week when they make these deals. Um, And I asked, you know, I asked Ursa straight up like, okay, I get that, but you have holes to fill and they're going to draft a left tackle. He all but assured us that. Um, but I'm with you on the pass rush. That's the one I want to see done. Um, I don't think Ballard wanted to pay for the early guys that went this week. I think it simply came down to money. And a lot of times when you go back, and this is what's interesting to me, is after free agency, we'll ask Ballard about certain players that didn't come to the Colts. And he'll just tell us straight up that he's not worth that. He wasn't worth that. He wasn't close to worth that. That's what happens a lot on Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday of free agency. And there's a reason they go play for the Jets and teams like that that never win anything. They overpay for these guys early. So Ballard's not wrong in that regard. That doesn't change the fact that they need a pass rusher and they're going to have to pay for it because it's an expensive position. So, But remember, and I wrote this the other day, if you go back and look, they found some really good deals in free agency where they paid good money and it happened six or seven or ten days into free agency. Remember, they signed Xavier Rhodes ten days in last year. They signed Justin Houston 10 days in in 2019. Eric Ebron, say whatever you want about how it ended. They got 14 touchdowns out of the guy. They signed him a weekend, a full weekend. So that's not even until next Monday. So there's still opportunity there to make good signings. The fact that they're quiet, it just reflection of Ballard's stubbornness. And look, he's, he's not going to change. When the fans are mad, he likes it. He's told me this before. <laughs> he likes it when they get mad because... That means they care, um, but they're, they they got a plan. They got a process. Whether you like every step in it, that's up to you. But all we can do is explain their thinking. And I think the fans that are angry now, they're going to be pretty happy when they sign Darius Leonard and Quentin Nelson and, and Braden Smith to big extensions. So there's a there's there's a lot more here to unpack. And one thing I think that I, I want to touch on first is I got a little bit of insight from somebody in the organization this week and. <laughs> We were talking about pass rushers and, you know, and I'm sitting here like, you know, <laughs> you guys didn't have a great pass rush last year. And now you've lost your, well, potentially you've lost your two starting ends. One of them's going to Tennessee. Justin Houston's still unsigned. We'll see. Uh, so how, you're not better. Okay. <laughs> so right. you potentially are worse than you were last year. Your thoughts. And this is what I was told. All those pass rushers that signed this week, okay, yeah, we we like some of them, but talk to me in two years was the response I got. Now, 
I absolutely will do that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but, and we will see, but it, but it is a tried and true, I think, experiment that generally you don't get your money's worth out of the big, big dollar guys. I mean, you do in some cases, but I think as a rule across the board, it's very hard to make the argument that most of the early players and most of the early signings in free agency, it would be very difficult to make the argument that you really get value uh, at over the lifetime of that contract. You, you just don't. It's, it's absolutely true because yes. the best players are not available. So they are, they are not the best players. And as much as I like some of these guys, all right, I really do. But as much as I like some of these guys, there's always a flaw, right? Like Carl Lawson is like, okay, he's a good pass rusher, but why the hell can't this guy have more production? You know what I mean? It's like stuff like that. It, and so that's, those are very fair questions. And and the answer is because maybe they're not complete players. Now, again, they're probably better than what the Colts got, but it's, oh, a, yeah. it's right a question. Now, yeah. yeah. It's a question of value versus, versus cost. And, and that's where Chris Ballard is not flexible at all. Love it or hate, love it or hate it. I'm just telling you, that's what it is. But, but again, they know they they are under no illusions. Okay, and this is important because I think people have misconstrued this. They are under no illusions that they are some great pass rushing team. No one over there is telling you that. Okay, trust me. Now the question then is, okay, why aren't they doing more about it? But we'll see. I mean, it's still early. But 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 I I get it though. I I understand. Why people would assume that? Well, maybe they just love Ben Banigou. No, I don't think that's the case. <laughs> that's, okay? that's another element here is the fact that yes. Toure has been good in spots, but basically lost all of last year to the rehab coming back. And Banigou hasn't done anything as a pass rusher. So mm-hmm. that, I mean, the, the you got to draft And, and Taekwon Lewis, it's like, well, it depends on the day of the week. <laughs> yeah, know? exactly. So that that's a totally fair criticism. And that's one I share as well is... You wouldn't be in this situation if you had drafted one that really exploded or really came on. I mean, you don't have – I'm not even ready to say those guys are solidified starters. Like right. you said, you know, Autry's gone. Houston's a free agent. Who are your starters at one of the most position, most important positions in this defense? Like this is what makes this train run. We saw it for years with Freeney and Mathis. you got to have guys that can get to the edge. You love the inside. You love Grover Stewart and Buckner, obviously. And you got a really good linebacking core. You got to get to the quarterback on the edge, and I think if they would done that, had done that a couple more times against Josh Allen, they might have been playing in the second round of the playoffs. So oh, yeah. um, we're beating a dead horse here, but they need to address pass rush, and they're being really, really judicious about it. Um, we'll see what they do, but yeah, I think you're right about the first wave. I mean, you're going to overpay for a lot of those guys, and we'll see what they look like in two years. That's an interesting experiment, but uh, maybe one out of four really works out. And if you look at the Colts signings and free agency the last couple of years, they have gotten their value out of players in a way that most teams would love to get the value out of the players. I mean, Autry is a great example. Three years, $17 million. I think they got 19 or 20 sacks from him. Like, Phenomenal just a terrific signing. value signing. That's what they're looking for. It's Again. one of Chris Ballard's best free agent signings, period. That's how good he was. I, I'm That's telling- an Ed Dodd signing, too. Yeah. Ed Dodds has an incredible eye, by the way. Uh, can I just tell you, I, I, I will say it's so funny. It's weird how this has worked. They are as bad as they have, have been in terms of getting results from their, the past rushers they have drafted. They've been as good in terms of getting value from the past rushers they've signed in free agency. 
Because yeah. I'll go all the way back to John Simon, who quietly had a really good season in 2017. The scheme change kind of kind of got him, and he was a victim yeah, of that. Yeah, but he was their best player in camp the next year. Then he was Absolutely. cut. Absolutely. He did really well. So, uh, And he's, he's made a lot of plays since he left the Colts. So you got John Simon, who I, I think will always go down from, in my opinion, is, is still a pretty solid signing. Autry, great signing, as we just said. Justin Houston, yeah. fantastic signing. Jabal Sheard. Jabal Sheard, who we forget about because that's what this league is. <laughs> People right. move on. But Jabal Sheard, I think, is up there with uh, Danico Autry-level signing for Chris Ballard. Just a great value signing. Absolutely got their money's worth. And then even uh, a waiver pickup like Al-Qadim Muhammad, who no one ever talks about. But this guy I, does nothing but make plays when yep. he gets in there and, and plays the really playoff critical game. snaps. Right, yep. and he's available too. And I wouldn't hate it if they brought him back at the right price. I I would probably really consider that. Although I think the signing today with Rochelle might be that might be their Muhammad now. You know, I right. don't know. We'll see. But but my point is, they have done a really good job of at least giving themselves a fighting chance with those free agent signings at the edge rush. So I'm very interested to see if if they can figure out who those guys are this year. Um, you know, Houston's there. He's two years older. Eh, you know, the decline, is it going to be sharper this year? That's the question. And I don't know what that answer is. They'll have to decide that. He was fine last year. But I, I do think they need a little more juice. Felt and like he disappeared in some spots. I agree. I agree. He was very he was very streaky, put it that way. And so that's that's my issue there. But, I mean, would I, would I like to have Justin Houston on my team, all things being equal? Yeah, sure. So, yeah. so we'll see. We'll see. Um, I, I think the other thing now is these these two in-house free agents. I think there's two key ones other than Houston. The two key ones are obviously, in my opinion, T.Y. Hilton and uh, certainly Xavier Rhodes. Now, they're both in the picture. T.Y. Hilton very much in the picture. I think that, I think that Jim Ursay is is going to have a voice in the T.Y. situation. I'm not saying he's going to mandate that they re-sign T.Y. Hilton. I'm not saying that. All I'm saying is that he's invested in that. Okay? Yeah. I think he really wants T.Y. back. I can, I can read you what that. he said yesterday. Yeah. And remember, this is very clear. Jim Ursay does not make personnel decisions for the Colts. Like, I want right. that out there. Like, unless it's the quarterback. Ballard makes the decision. And I think Ballard makes this one, too. But here's what Ursay said yesterday. I think there's going to be an opportunity for us to get something done with T.Y. I'd love to have him back, special Colt. Um, but here's the key. He said, look, it's got to fit in the context of the roster, which makes the most sense for us to make us the best football team possible. Um, Chris is working hard. There's optimism. But they're not going to overpay. Now, maybe they do a little bit, but they're going to hold their line in the sand for T.Y. And I think what you've seen over the first wave of free agency is receivers are going to have to take less than they want. I don't think they're going to get – I don't think a lot of these guys are going to get the double digits per year that they were after. Maybe Galladay, but um, the receiver market hasn't really flown off the charts like we kind of thought it would. Um, that might make T.Y. much more manageable in terms of cost for the Colts. I think, yeah. But um, look, there's. I think there's a ton of value. We don't need to stress that. We know what this guy brings. My key is he can still play. That's why you bring it back. Yeah, and, and this is very, very much a buyer's market. It was overall, okay, just because of the decrease in the salary cap. It was always going to be a buyer's market. There was going to be there was going to be less money than, well, that's a bad way of phrasing it. There was going right. to be more, 
it, it's a musical chairs game, I guess is what I'm saying, right? So there's only so much money to go around, and there are more jobs than, or excuse me, more players than jobs, and certainly more more money or less money than uh, than the contract demands that are out there. So so anyway, you have a buyer's market, and overall, but more so, much more so at wide receiver from what we have seen. Am I mistaken, or did John Brown, who, by the way, said he really had some interest in playing for the Colts, <laughs> I think he's going to, uh, is it the Raiders? Right? Yeah, but for it, like... But like four like million bucks or something? Two and a half that could become four? Like, like what? Wow. <laughs> he was going to make like nine million bucks this year before I he think, got cut in Buffalo. I, so. I think they're going to be much more cost effective, you know? Yeah. And um, to be honest, listen, I, I don't want to... I don't want to be dismissive of T.Y. Hilton because I, I I love the guy. I think I'd resign him all things if all things worked out. I, I that's a deal I would do. However, even if they don't get T.Y., if he ends up going somewhere else, they're fine. Okay, you got options. There's there's lots of guys out there still unsigned. So I mean, the top wide receiver in the class is still unsigned. Right. So they they'll be fine. I, I definitely think veteran wide receiver is a must. I think. No question, you got to do it. I don't necessarily care who who it is, but I think you got to do it. Um, I'll let them. I'll defer to them in terms of what they think works. But but I think you got to do that. And I, and I look, trust Chris Ballard wants him back. Like Carson Wentz yes. is coming in. Carson Wentz can do some things that Philip Rivers couldn't. We all know that they mm-hmm. like the idea of Ty and Carson Wentz paired up. I can tell you that it's going to come down to the, the whether it fits for the team. And I think in the end they they get thirteen back. I feel really encouraged about it as well. Just from everything I've I've heard this week, I've talked to the parties, the relevant parties, as you you know you can imagine who they are, and I, I really think uh, I'm optimistic that they will get it done. I'm not predicting it, but I if I had to bet, I think it happens. Maybe so. Kenny Moore breaks the news. <laughs> He's, I texted Kenny about that the other day. I was like, dude, you're killing me. <laughs> he got a I good know. laugh out of it. <laughs> so anyhow, um, if you don't know what, what I'm talking about, Kenny was intimating on Twitter that that T.Y. was back. But I said, uh, I, I said, hey, stop trying to take my job, man. So <laughs> you thought that he was can fine. make the one handed interceptions and break news. Is there anything that guy can't do? Right. So that's where they're at right now. I, I think in terms of what's next, uh, I think beyond the, the big spots we've talked about, we've talked about pass rush. We've talked about the receiver situation. Uh Xavier Rhodes slash cornerback. I think they need a veteran corner, whether it's him or someone else. Left tackle. Jim Mercy was very direct. He said it would be ideal if they get that from the draft. I mean, look, I, I think if they can if they can do all those things, they're a very competitive football team. I think the pass rush is the area where I don't feel they can improve at this point. I, I don't know how you get better at pass rush unless you you've already lost one of your best edge players. Danico Autry, Justin Houston's a year older, is a free agent still, and the remaining market is not great. So I don't know where you go there. I, I really don't. Yeah, unless you unless you go one or two in the draft, right? Like possibly get a, like there's you know, there's a kid in Miami that might be there at twenty. Um yeah. uh, I can tell you they did make a signing that isn't out there yet. Um, I can't tell you the name because there's, you know, the physical that they have to pass, but not a huge name, but you know. Look at the the position as reserve tackle on offense. So not going to make any headlines, but we remember how bad it got in Pittsburgh when those guys went down. Like oh, um they don't want to be in a situation like that again. So they have addressed that to some degree. I still think they go left tackle in one or two, and then yeah, I mean edge rush. Like 
Maybe you bring back Justin Houston. That's a short-term play. You need to develop Banigou. You need to develop Toure. You need to probably sign somebody else or draft somebody high and hope they can contribute right away. And um, you got to you got to sign a corner too. And it might be Rose because um, I don't know what the market's like out there right now for corners. Yeah. But um, we'll see. But look, I, I was right. They're, I they're, they're, with, with with Wentz, they're getting closer. But I just can't go there yet because they haven't addressed these huge holes like in this game right like in the nfl right now like you have to be able to protect the blind side of the quarterback obviously and you have to get to the quarterback and they didn't do that quite well enough last year they haven't gotten better like you just mentioned so far this year yeah so they're they're very much a team where the jury is out but they're a good football team but they just have some key areas that could really undermine a lot of this and i think that's that's people's fears that that's the main fear people have right now and i think it's well founded those fears are well founded and i mean we have all watched enough football to know you can't be bad in those two spots (laughs) you just can't you can't overcome that is or it's just really hard to overcome so so we'll see look this is honestly this is going to be i think to put a bow on all of this free agency stuff this is going to be by far, the biggest test of Chris Ballard's philosophy. Okay, it's one thing to say, hey, trust me, and then he trades for DeForest Buckner, <laughs> right? It's like, right. I, I trust you. <laughs> okay, it's another thing to say, hey, trust me, and guys are going out the door, okay, you know, who who play the position that's already a position of need. And I'm talking about defensive end, for example. And that's a different level of trust me than maybe last offseason, okay? All right, we just went and got a top five defensive tackle. All right, I'm in. <laughs> now, it's a little more, uh, it takes a little more faith and a little more trust, I think, this time around. So we'll see. I mean... It's hard to see the long game. I get it, right? Yeah. And, and look, it's, it's the ultimate, this is the best thing about sports. It's the ultimate meritocracy, right? Uh, you will be proven right or wrong based on your results. So Chris Ballard... His resume is on the scoreboard. And so we'll see. We will see. Uh, they, you know, can they make a pass rush by committee work? I don't know. We'll see. Uh, talk to me in October. <laughs> you know, uh, that that's where this is. And, and I think you're going to see whether, I think sometimes that's what happens is you have these, you have these philosophies and you can make them work, but then there are times when they really get put to the test and circumstances change and it makes you really hard. It, it makes it really hard to stick to your guns. And that, that's where they're at right now. So I, I even heard, by the way, it's not just you guys out there who are banging on Chris Ballard's door. His pro scouts are like, dude, I want my guy. You know, they're out there scouting these guys and they're like, I really like this guy. You should sign him. And Chris is like, eh. Yep. <laughs> so it's not just you, okay? Look, everybody's feeling this, all right? So, I mean, you heard what Ursay said at the top of the show. Can we put a little sweetener in there to get the job done? <laughs> I mean, you know, Frank Wright, the too. The owner's like, take my money. <laughs> nah. So, it, hey, I will give Chris Ballard credit. I, look, I, I want Chris Ballard to manage my checkbook. I could use some help on that to be completely yeah, you'd, honest. You'd never be in debt, man. No, right? I mean, my kid's college would be paid for. You'd never spend any money either, though. <laughs> no, exactly. Chris Chris Bowers is the guy who drives like you know the 
the 89 Chevy, you know, and and just says that, you know, yeah. 200,000 miles still ticking. <laughs> Been paid off for 15 years. Right. So, but it's like, hey, man, you, you know, don't you want some AC? <laughs> you know, don't you want some heated I will, seats? I will say this. Everyone's freaking out. Free agency is not over. It's not over. It's and not. it's not the only time you could add to your roster. It's just not. And they've made some great signings fit 10, 15 days into free agency. They've been a very good drafting team for the most part over the last couple of years. And remember, waiver cutdowns in September. I mean, I know it doesn't sound fun right now because it's four months away or whatever, but that's when they found Kenny Moore, and he's a stud. Mm-hmm. And they found a couple other guys at that situation in, in late August, early September, right before week one. So it's not the only chance to get better is this first week of free agency. We'll see. I do anticipate they'll make some moves this weekend into next week. Um, that address some of those issues, and and that's you just hit on something though. I, I just want to just piggyback on. That's part of the reason they operate the way they do because they really and truly believe in their ability to find players. Now, I, I'm not advocating for or against the method. I'm just saying that's that's part of the rationale here. Is like you know what, we're not going to panic because we. We always figure it out. And honestly, they have. I mean, look, I'm not saying they, they're holding the trophy right now. I get it, right? You're like, ah, eh, first round of the playoffs, who gives a shit, right? I get that, okay. But I'm just saying, it's a process, and they understand that, and you should too. And in their mind, whether they're right or wrong, they can say, hey, I give you Kenny Moore. I give you Al-Quiddy Muhammad, a guy who got on a trash heap, and he ends up right. playing 50% of the snaps and playing well, right? I mean, and so, made some big plays in that wild card game. Right. So, you know, uh, it, it, there's, there's two sides to that, and, and you, have to trust your, you have to trust your ability on some level, too. So you throw all that in the pot, and then we'll see where they come out. So I'm interested to see. I'm as interested as anybody, as you guys are, to see how this goes. So stay tuned. It, it, if nothing else, the ride's going to be fun. <laughs> it may be frustrating, but it'll be fun, certainly, to, to see how it all plays out. And, and I, they're not the only team that's been quiet. No. The, the Chiefs have made one move, essentially, right, I think. And then, like, you know, the Seahawks haven't done anything. The Packers have been traditionally quiet. So it's not a totally foreign concept. And what's the one common denominator about all those four teams? They all were in the playoffs last year. Yeah. In fact, our Chiefs beat writer, Nate Taylor, texted me this week. He's like, I haven't done anything this week. <laughs> so bored. <laughs> I said, "Well, join the club." So anyway, um, you know, it helps to have a five hundred million dollar quarterback, but whatever. Right. Um, so we'll see. Colts got a quarterback. I think um, they got some talent, but they need some more. That's where they're at. So stay tuned. We'll see what the next step in free agency is. Um, so I'm Stephen Holder here with Zach Kiefer. Thank you so much for listening. By the way, before we go, uh, I believe the $1 a month special, I think that goes for six months uh, for the first six months of your of your subscription. That is still available in all of our stories. So they've been rolling in this week and we thank you guys for that. So uh, as good a time as any to get in on it. We still have draft coverage to come. So we got lots of goodies planned for that as well. So I'm ready to turn the page and move on to some other good stories we got in the pipeline as i know you are as well zach so um looking forward to sharing all those with you so hey if you haven't subscribed great opportunity to do it we appreciate those of you who have and we welcome those who are new so again Stephen holder with zach keeper this is one percent